0: No, I, I can't choose a favorite. Look, every single one is, is special in and of themselves. There's no way I could say one is better than the other. I mean, certainly some are more productive than others. Some are a little bit more intense, but I can't choose a favorite. Okay, right now, don't tell any of the others, but right now you're my favorite, okay? Can we, can we leave it at that? Oh, good. I'm glad. Let's get on with this orgasm. <laughs> okay. Oh, god. No, it's the, it's the right. No, fuck. Wait, wait. No, I'm not ready. Fuck. No. It, oh, oh, god. Fuck. Oh, god. Fuck. I would fuck. like,
1: if I may, to take you on a strange journey.
0: You know what I just realized? Out of context, that could have been taken as if I was speaking to one of my kids. <laughs> Which is not what I intended at all. I was it was supposed to be the orgasm was and that was the hook, but then when I didn't explain it, it's <laughs> Hmm. Um this is why you should always workshop your joke ideas, people, <laughs> cuz they don't always work at all. <laughs> um Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for joining me, Priestess Gardner. I was trying so hard not to break, <laughs> just lose my shit there. Uh, see, I'm already overheating, so I'm just like all red. <laughs> and then, like the embarrassment of realizing that it was a really bad framing of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man! Everyone's like, "Ooh, what did Ian do?" <laughs> oh my god uh welcome to nine cents everyone nine cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world and i'm your host reverend campbell i've got a hell of a show for you this is march 14th uh the day i don't know what is it like three weeks into pandemic
1: it's <laughs> actually like, a week into <laughs>
0: pandemic we got a hell of a show, and we're going to be covering a lot of ground, so let's start with the top. Uh, we're going to be talking in The Devil's Advocate about satanic collectors. You're going to have a bit of a fun conversation there. In the second segment, The Infernal Informant, we're going to cover, uh, do an update on the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19. And we're going to talk a little bit about preparation and surviving in a pandemic. Um, and then in the last segment, I'm going to talk to you guys about one of my favorite bands of all time that no longer exists, Caius. So let's strap in for that. Um, How are you dealing uh, with with all this lately?
1: To be honest with you, I actually was a little bit unprepared because I got caught up in work and life. And I kept saying to myself, I really need to go to the grocery store and I really need to stock up. This is going to go bad. This is going to go bad. And then... I happened to be in a doctor's office and uh noticed on the tv that they were shutting down schools indefinitely i'm like oh my god we've got to go now and of course that was (laughs) several hours after other people had realized they should go and there was no toilet paper of all goddamn (laughs) things no toilet paper
0: can we talk about toilet paper really quick because i had (laughs) never once thought that that would be like a barter item i Like, in my life. I never even considered it. I mean, it's one of those things
1: where it's like you know you're going to need it and eventually in, like, a real shit-hits-the-fan situation, (laughs) literally, that you would run out of it. But, you know, I I never thought for, like, you know, a a virus that had nothing to do with the shits, people would be
0: going crazy for toilet paper.
1: (laughs) It was a surprise to me. It was a lesson, you know?
0: It blows Uh, my mind. Like, there there were, like... Costco's, which are huge, if you don't know, huge big box, like, I don't know, like uh, grocery store retailers, basically. Um, they didn't have any, none. And that's insane. Even Amazon is even running out oh, like you're really?
1: looking through and you're like oh they have it and you click on it and it's like out of stock I'm, are you kidding me so i'm looking at all these weird like i don't even know what kind of language is on the package <laughs> it just says toilet paper and you're just like okay so you're stuck between this these weird toilet papers yeah. from other countries and like these wicked expensive like ten dollars a roll virgin pulp from wood from like yeah. <laughs> some exotic like magic forest somewhere. free range trees yes and you're just like what am i gonna
0: <laughs> sustainably raised trees yes oh man it's insane my wife went just because we ran out to buy some and everyone was staring at her as if she was the problem when she was just picking some up like we would normally pick up you yep. and yet how this is what i don't get people go out with like cart full shopping cart full of toilet paper or water or whatever it is and 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 yet the people who are just walking away with like two packets are the weird ones. That's what I don't understand. Where's the fucking mentality? I
1: mean, it's it's, it's weird too what people are hoarding, because I specifically went that day to the grocery store just to kind of look and see what people were getting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously, you know, hand sanitizers were gone, bleach was kind of short, but I was noticing things like soap that was not natural. Mm-hmm was going so it was all of the soaps that people usually are like well i'm not going to touch that because that, that has chemicals you know yeah that's the one that everybody's buying you know they're skipping on the, the you know
0: <laughs> it, the yeah it is weird because you have like the organic soaps stacked yep. up and full and stock everyone's like no i need chemicals i, I need chemicals to burn I'm this away scrub, scrub this <laughs> virus away from me
1: oh it's... and the worst part you know
0: Yeah, people are buying
1: things like napkins and stuff like that because there's no toilet paper. And all I can think of is, A, if you have a septic system, that's bad. Mm -hmm. And B, if you don't have a septic system, that's still bad because eventually somebody's got to clean that coagulation of paper towels and tissues and all these other things you're not supposed to be flushing into the system. And uh, it's...
0: It's really crazy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But I mean, again, we were talking before the show and we're going to get into it a little bit deeper here in a second, but just sort of as a surface conversation, um, this isn't the worst. I don't think the, the virus and the disease is the worst of what people are going to be experiencing. No. And this type of behavior, this hoarding mentality only makes it worse because it is this self-perpetuating cycle of people who feel like they have to hoard and then people who feel like if I am going to get anything, I have to get it now which means there's literally nothing. And then as soon as something gets in, it's taken away. And so you have this portion of the population who is just level-headed and rational, literally without supplies because everyone else is losing their fucking minds.
1: And they were not supplies that I would have thought ever would have flown off the shelves. I would have thought like first aid kits first, like just anything like canned goods, water. No, Mm. it was frigging toilet paper. And it was just like, wow, okay, this is a a lesson. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know usually it's like eggs and milk and yeah, bread and staples. things that yeah no it's toilet
0: paper this time so yeah that was a big shock to me um, um let's let me give a quick shout out to the people in chat thank you guys so much for joining us uh, sparkling shadows hi thanks for joining so early dallas what's up man joaquin how you doing it's been a little while dean good to see you shauna campbell i think i know you how's it going jason how are you Let's see, Antoine, good to see you across the pond in France. I hope you're safe and your people aren't losing their shit like we are. Though I think I've heard that you are. Um, Who else? Wes, my man, how you doing, man? Um, Stephanie, good to see you. I thought i see you. Yeah, there you are. I saw you. Okay. That's it for now, and if anyone joins in and wants to have a conversation about what we're talking about with the other people in chat, feel free to throw it in there, and I'll try to give you a shout out, and we'll try to have a conversation about all sorts of stuff, but I'm going to stop us talking about COVID here for now, because we're going to get into it knee-deep in just a second, Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about satanic collectors in the first segment, and um, if you think I'm shitting on those of you who are collectors, maybe I am. (laughs) just don't do it without toilet paper (laughs) exactly actually you know what (laughs) bring your own all right byotp that's the rules all right devil's advocate people this has got to be a little bit weird for you because you can't actually hear the music at all (laughs) so you're just seeing like a frame pop up on a weird delay so sorry about that um all right so i wanted to talk about satanic collectors because i wanted to kind of take it into a different I i wanted to look at it in a different way so you have uh individuals whether they're satanists or not uh who just like to collect obscure items or occult looking things um but i've run across a lot of satanists who go way beyond and I've never understood this behavior, and so trying to understand it, I've come up with some theories, they may be out there, they may be insane, about why people collect things. So, But before I, I dig into that, can I ask you, uh, are you a collector of oddities or satanic collector, like essay books and musics and, and photographs and shit?
1: Oh, you're asking me? Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> 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 Co-hosting. Um, tag you're it i i collect a lot of weird things um a lot of them are in boxes right now but i collect a lot of like dead animal parts oh wow (laughs) a lot of those become a lot yeah a lot of them become art um they come out of the woods typically or Mm -hmm. you know from the farm that i had from animals that i've eaten um i don't you know i have I'm trying to think of some of the other things that I just randomly have. I have a lot of random dog stuff. You know, I love dogs. Mm-hmm. So if I go to an antique store and I see something really strange that happens to be, like, a dog figure or something, you know, I'll add that to my collection or something like that. But I have seen people, especially COS members, going through great lengths to get, like, certain books or certain magazines or certain, you know, and it's just insane to me. Yeah. Now, I, I appreciate it, though. I think it's awesome. But at the same time, I'm like, wow, you went
0: – that's – Wow. <laughs> you know, you went through a great effort to get that. Like, <laughs> It's, and it's one of those things where I, I understand, like, if you have a satanic Bible, then sometimes that's enough. Like for me, I have one. I don't need more. I don't need an original version. I don't need a hardcover version. Yeah. I don't need a signed version. Like there's so many variables involved um, that one is just fine with me. But there are people who have a version for every printing with every new oh, introduction. Yes, every... All the languages. And, yeah, different <laughs> languages. They don't even speak. Yes. <laughs> they can't even read what they have copies of. i have never understood that. And then there's um, there's the collectors of every single magazine article that they can get their hands on. Yeah. Like, some of those, though, I, I mean,
1: I, I definitely am grateful for because, I mean, I've even noticed where, you know, Central's like, wow, I haven't seen that. Or, you know, so mm-hmm. in one sense, it's really cool because at least we have people archiving and bringing this stuff together. Yes. But at the same time, just, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a crazy obsession, yeah. although I am really grateful for it. Um, but yeah, most of the books that I happen to have that are COS in nature are ones that sort of either, you know, they were given to me, mm-hmm. um, or they just sort of fell into my lap. I do have the original satanic Bible that I had since i I was a teenager and that's a little beat up, but I can still read it. So I've never thought, Hey, I should replace it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, that's why I'm the exact same way. I had one copy that I took with me to basic training and someone ended I ended up giving it to them to read because they, you know, liked the idea of it and stuff. And then I just never found it again because they just took it. And then I had bought another one and that's it. So since nineteen ninety eight I've had the exact same one and it still works. <laughs> so Yep.
1: I don't I, uh... I don't even think I have the satanic witch anymore. I think that yeah. I think that died in a flood that I had
0: in the basement.
1: <laughs> like, I never replaced it.
0: See, that's so. one what I thought was strange because I had the or- I have the orange copy um, with uh, the Xena intro, I think, which is fucking bonkers. And then cause she's thirteen. And then I have um, the reprint with Peggy in it, but I only got it because I wanted to see the introduction if there was a way to get the introduction without buying the whole book, I would have done that because I already fucking have the book. And so I just, so i mean, okay. My, I guess my point is there's a lot like, it's like a, a weird, uh, a rabbit hole, a Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole that people are just falling down. And so I, I tried to reconcile because there is that mentality that you're speaking to of, Archivists where they're like, I'm just getting it because for future generations of Satanists who, you know, some guy just happened to buy a copy of Look magazine back in the day and it had some reference. I don't even know if that's a real one. I'm just saying it, for example, Um, that had a reference to some, you know, Church of Satan in San Francisco. Then he sells it later because some kid was willing to pay a grand for it. All right, awesome. Now someone who really cares about the religion or wants to know what that was about has a copy of it. There are publishers like Underworld Amusements who collects old archives of like uh, letters from the devil that LeVay did and releases it to people um, for sale and I think that's great too. but it can become a sickness because people will, again, like hoarding with toilet paper, whenever something oh, yeah. new comes out, they buy multiple copies, And then they wait <laughs> until there's none available, and then they sell them for exorbitant prices. And they're just gouging yep. the exact same type of person that they didn't want to end up being, which caused them to then hoard and then resell. <laughs> it's like a weird sickness amongst people. No, it's like- like toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Such a weird thing. But there's there's jewelry. Like how many sigils of bathments do you have? Like necklaces.
1: Oh geez. I think I have four or five. Most of them were gifts. Mm -hmm. Um I think I've only ever really bought one for myself. Um and some of them were really old. Like I have the old school um oh what was the before Satan me.
0: Uh, uh, um, oh, yeah, I can't
1: no. even... Oh, COS Emporium.
0: Emporium. That's, that's
1: right. what it was. Yeah I, yeah, I have a bunch of old, you know, Emporium mm-hmm. Um you know, and I see people with like buckets of them and I'm like, wow. <laughs> I mean, good for yeah. the people selling them. I, you know, <laughs> and I, I love seeing other members, um, you know, buying from each other, supporting, you know, COS supported um, vendors and stuff like that. But wow. Yeah, I... <sighs> Because I just don't wear them that often.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? I mean, you know, when I go to events and things like that, or I go hang out with other COS members, I'll wear them as an identifier. Um, but yeah, like, I don't go around in public typically wearing them. So yeah. I don't know. I guess it's if you have one for every color shirt you have or something. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: uh. <laughs> well, it was something that, but, like, I always found very fascinating because I've never bought a necklace i believe the first one i ever had was given to me with my membership back in the day like if memory serves i didn't buy it and then um there was like uh you know, like friends at the time who happened to manufacture them were just giving me them and uh i, I literally and you know i went to the black house once and they, they i was given one there i've never bought one i even offer my own when i had ah. Patreon. To patrons and stuff. And now I have a surplus of them that I'm I'm selling on my website, but I don't, I've never bought one for myself. And if you already have one, I've never understood why you would want to get multiple versions. Like that, that blows my mind. Like varying thicknesses and weights and sizes. And like (laughs) in the same way about, you know, uh, um, articles or copies of the Standard Bible or, you know, various uh, canon literature having multiple versions of it or like I have uh, posters and records, but I've only gotten those because the opportunity came up and I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Yep. I want to put that on my wall. Not that I would just want it to put it in a box to keep it for the future or something, you know, I'm very practical in that way. If I'm going to use it by all means, I'm going to buy yes. it. But if I'm not going to use it, what the fuck? And so it, it started me down this line of thinking where are those hardcore collectors? Are they obsessed with the religion, or the look of the religion, or the founder of the religion? And that's why they're hoarding all of this—you know, trying to get the originals of everything. That—that that sort of mentality of of draping yourself in this vomit of satanic <laughs> <the> imagery.
1: <laughs> I am the Mister T of Satanism. Yeah, I'm pitiful. <laughs> I definitely think that there are, I don't know, like, kind of call them LaVey fetishists, Mm -hmm. where they sort of like look at Anton LaVey as some sort of god. And I never met the man, so I'm not going to speak and say that I know what he would and would not like. But I can say from what people have told me about him who have known him personally, I don't think he would like that very much. (laughs) (laughs) Like the whole point of Satanism is to be an individual. So I know I've gotten a lot of flack over the years for saying, I don't agree with owning wild animals as pets. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. LaVey had a lion. And I'm <laughs> like, yes, I understand this. But he also was somebody who had handled them in the circus. And this we're also talking about the 60s and 70s. We're mm-hmm. not talking about, you know, 2020. This is a very different time period. Yeah. Um, so there's this, I think there's people that, They can't sort of separate themselves and Satanism from the person, Anton LaVey, who had flaws, who had thoughts and feelings that, or or desires or things that I can't say that I agree with or that I care for or, but it was, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to agree with anything that he said other than Satanism and what applies to Satanism as a core philosophy. And I think people miss that. And in idolizing him and trying to become like him or feeling like acquiring certain things will make you, I don't know, closer to him or something in that weird idol worship um, state people sometimes get into, you're missing everything he was telling you about the philosophy, Mm -hmm. you know? It's not about copying him. It's not about being like him, you know? It's not about liking what he liked. It's about taking you and yourself and taking this philosophy and running with it.
0: You yeah, know? beautifully stated. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Mr. Victor Wicked in the chat because he brings up something that I think is a silly way of saying what a lot of people actually in their heads believe. And that he's saying, uh, if you collect all the satanic dragon balls, you will become the high priest. <laughs> it's this idea that if you collect every single satanic artifact, you can find, you are, yeah, You are more powerful of a Satanist or more authoritative as a Satanist. And nothing could be further from the truth. It's the no. most absurd thought. And there's nothing wrong with doing whatever you want to do that makes you happy. Do it. I don't care. I just thought yep. it was an interesting topic to to analyze a specific type of individual. And I, I think you spoke to it very, very well in that they feel like if they collect more and more stuff that is somehow representative of the founder, uh, the doctor of this religion, then somehow they're closer to him, or they, they're just – They feel uh, more satisfaction as a Satanist. And they're forgetting the fact that while they're busy focusing on the late 60s, they're forgetting that their entire life is passing by them. And they're just not living their active (laughs) life and looking to the future and making goals and achieving life success, which is the whole fucking point of the religion that they're claiming to love so much that causes yep. them to be collectors. I, I just find it so and fascinating that type.
1: And the worst part too, is that when you try to, um, when you get so involved in worshiping another person, sometimes what happens is your internal biases will leak out into yeah. what you think that person would have been. Like recently we've seen people that keep insisting that Anton LaVey was a racist right. or that certain things like, homophobia and transphobia and misogyny were a part of the church of Satan because, well, Dr. LeVay said this, and then it's an out-of-context quote. Yep. And it's just like, no, <laughs> he absolutely was not. And, you know, we've had to have, you know, Church of Satan, Hierarchy Central, post and publish things from him that were incredibly progressive. Yeah. And it, it's just sort of like, you know, in your vast worship and your inability to sort of you know say that your hero was not like you mm. you know you now you're bastardizing who that person was in order to sort of make him be like you yeah um and to go back to the hoarding thing i mean i think that satanists tend to have a propensity toward hoarding and it's not necessarily hoarding where you've got like a bunch of dead animals in your house is a mess <laughs> and everything like that right. it's just sort of like you own <laughs> you a can lot see of him things from there <laughs> <laughs> You know, you own a lot of things and you're not necessarily enjoying them all. Right. Like you enjoy the acquiring is like, oh, wow, I've got this new thing. This is awesome. And you enjoy it for like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and then you put it away and you might never use it again. Yeah. And I think that's where we have to remember that indulgence, not compulsion thing, because, okay, well, I'm spending money on this item. I feel really good about it for right now. It's just kind of going to go in a box or hang on a wall or maybe not even that, like Mm -hmm. go into a closet. And am I ever going to enjoy the thing? Am I keeping it to sell it later? What yeah. am I doing with it? So it, it, it definitely can go to the point where it's becoming detrimental to you, hmm. you know, in this yeah. pursuit.
0: <laughs> I, that's, like every single record I've ever bought that is, you know, like Strange Music, for example, um, there was a, a record released of uh, the doctor's uh, musical uh, organist playing. And then the Satanic Mass record I have up there. I've I've played them all on a, a like a record player, and just so I could experience what it sounded like, <laughs> rather than buying it, framing it, putting it on a wall, and then getting the digital version and never actually yep. enjoying that record crackle that I find yep. so wonderful. Uh, and then you're not even actually enjoying what it is you bought. You're no, you're it's... worshiping what you just bought, and I that's always sort of baffled me. Um, and again we're speaking specifically in the context right now of of satanic artifacts and stuff but i also want to bring up the idea of collecting friends this is something (laughs) in social media that is a huge problem that drives me absolutely bonkers is that um yes the the satanic friend collecting and i'm going to call it a pandemic (laughs) why not No, the problem of I I am more connected to a religion or I'm more connected to um, an organization if I have friends that are in positions of whatever authority you ascribe to them, which no one but administration has any authority at all. But I just I find it very, very fascinating that. That um, I'll hear from time to time someone say, you know, I've sent a friend request to this person and they haven't responded to me at all. I don't know what's going on because I have this other friend as a friend. And in my mind, I'm just shooting them in the face with a rifle because what the fuck is wrong with you? Is this really what you think real world accomplishment means in in the context of religion? Is this really what it means to be a Satanist just to have people on a list? Like, weird, right? I, I've never understood that at all.
1: Yeah, I have a I have a policy sort of on my page of if I don't know you or you don't come highly recommended or I haven't seen you sort of in action elsewhere and I think, hey, that's kind of a person that's interesting and I should kind of pull them in. Yeah, you're not getting through those doors. I do not understand the concept. And it's it's so new because I think back in the day, you know, the early days of Letters to the Devil, you know, previous to Facebook and all these other things – people were very, I mean, social, but secretive, you know, people really didn't use their real names, you know, I didn't really use real photos all the time. It was, you know, it was so new that it was just sort of, you know, I want to get to know you before we really, you know, talk and stuff. And it has changed so much. And having been somebody who has actually, um, I used to track Criminals online who would steal things, um, oh, wow. rip people off all the, all the time. Um, just basically over Facebook, like sell things and then not produce the product or steal images. Just just steal from people. It is so easy to track people. Mm-hmm. It is so ungodly easy.
0: Yeah, and you're be letting sensitive me information s- too.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I in, in a good half an hour, I could probably find out how a person voted, where they live, how many kids they have, who their relatives are. Mm -hmm. um and it's all just because you just follow these little trails and you know why you would want a stranger in your quote-unquote digital living room is astounding to me and Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how many hierarchy (laughs) members you're friends with you know especially if you're a friend you know friends with an asshole like me like i'm not you know (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like you Central Mm -hmm. is not going to like you more because you have such and such reverend or such and such magister or magistra on your page or Mm -hmm. they like you. You know, it's just they they are looking for your real world accomplishment. Yeah. You know, and they are looking for what you're doing in your life where, you know, you're living up to your, you know peak satanicness or whatever you know mm-hmm. it's it's not about how many people you know or or who's who's buddy buddy because i could sit there and 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 tell you one of them oh well this person would be great they're not going to listen to me i yeah. mean they'll listen yeah. but these are the most like unbiased people i have ever met yeah
0: <laughs> shockingly
1: yeah, to the point where I am like uh, – I, I have learned so many lessons from them yeah. because they have such a, a an unbiased, even way of dealing with people with a patience that is saintly. <laughs> <laughs> where I'm sitting here like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I just yeah. – I do not know how they do it. And I got to tell you, like the, the hierarchy of the church of Satan was well chosen. Oh, hell yeah. Like
0: I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, regardless of what you may think of an individual, you cannot disagree with the the time that our current hierarchy has uh, been in charge, as it were, of this organization. Um, it has flourished. It has kept a well sustained, even message that, in this day and age, would be easy to alter and shift and adapt with you know, uh, momentum, uh, of, of current trends, but they don't, they have their personal opinions and then they have the organization stances. And though some people conflate the two and they're unable to divorce themselves from the idea that there is possibly two sides or three sides or eight <laughs> sides to an individual's perspective. Um, they, they do very much have their own perspectives, but they don't influence the organization with them. And that's what I think is so wonderful. Um, back to the idea of, of social media collecting. And I guess this is where we should shut down this portion of the show. Um, you know, in the in the chat room, an individual was saying that uh, they were one of those that collected people early on. And it was because they thought they would be more connected to the religion if they had more satanic friends. Um, and I wanted want to sort of dis... Uh, dismember or just take a piece apart uh, that idea because ultimately if you're looking at it in the context of Satanism, meaning the individual I know very few Satanists that are alike in thought, in action I mean there's a (laughs) lot that pretend to think alike when they find out hierarchy likes a certain thing. We've spoken to this before in a previous Oh, God, yes. The Tikis, Uh, the Godzilla, people who have never liked
1: these things before. Classical music,
0: where they're like, (laughs) I can't stand it. Oh, he liked Uh, it? Oh, I love classical music. Heavy metal is bad. (laughs) So there's a lot of sort of altering your online feelings when it comes uh, to some Satanists. Uh, But I will say that overarching here. You have to understand that Satanism is about individualism. There's no way that you can be more connected to the religion simply by connecting to another Satanist. Because you're not getting the religion from the Satanist. You're getting their interpretation and manifestation through their own life goals of what Satanism is. And that is going to be dramatically different from, I mean, you and me, just as two individuals, but also every single other fucking weirdo out there. I mean, if, if, if you run into a religion filled with so many different political ideologies and social constructs, um, perspectives that these individuals come from, that they often don't agree about anything amongst themselves, how could you ever think that you're going to get a better understanding of a religion by simply identifying with one or two or ten of them? you all you're going to get is completely confused because n- none of them see <laughs> things the same way i mean just take I, the context of greater magic i don't know anyone who agrees completely with the idea of greater magic that's a satanist let alone
1: who does, does it the same yeah, yeah. exactly and i think i think some of it is people still carry a lot of what they know culturally about Judeo-Christian backgrounds. So like in those religions it's well, you would have somebody kind of mentoring you. You'd have a priest or a priestess in the church and they would tell you what to do. And they would pass, they would, they would, you know, pass the word of God on to you or, you know, they, they tend to look at it as it, it, they don't see Satanism as something completely different, which Mm -hmm. is another problem you see when people are like, well, there's this kind of Satanism and this kind of Satanism. No, branches and sects and things like that are for other religions you know and it's so hard for people to shut off that part of their brain that says this is just like christianity sort of like it's the same so it's the same construct it's absolutely not right you know so i think when people come to this they're looking for that like church Mm -hmm. you know where's my friends people should show me people can guide me no Get the book, get out there and get out on your own and figure Mm -hmm. it out first.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, you can look at other COS members and say, wow, you've accomplished this great thing. That's really cool and that's inspiring to me. So maybe I can take some of the inspiration I've seen from you, but don't copy other people. Don't try to be like other people. You Mm -hmm. know, make it yours. That's what it's here for. You know, and collecting people around you, I got to tell you, like, <laughs> the more Satanists that I meet, the more I gotta tell you that not everybody. Some of them are douchebags, you know. That's, <laughs> I'm sorry, like just that's <laughs> some life. There's some of them are pretentious as hell. Some mm. of them are boring, and it's just like you 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 don't have to collect these people around you to be whole.
0: Yeah,
1: you 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 got to be yourself to be whole, and then you got to look around you and say who adds to my wholeness, who yeah. makes my life a little bit better by knowing them. And frankly, the people that I know that are different for me are always the better ones because they add something, they add something new, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And it's, yeah. Collecting people. People are terrible. I don't
0: know. (laughs) They really are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Maybe in our current um, pandemic where we're supposed to be socially, like distancing ourselves. Maybe social media is the best way to interact with the people you've already met in real life, but uh, the reality being, uh, and and not just in terms of friends, but just collecting for the sake of being closer to this religion um, or its founder or the organization uh, is abjectly the wrong way to go about it. Uh, You will be intimately more connected with Satanism if you are connected within yourself and understand the philosophy. Yeah. That's what. That's really all that matters. And if in collecting tomes or photographs or posters or music or whatever it is of satanic reference somehow allows you to get closer to who you are, that inner black flame of yours, then great. But again, if you're doing it just to hang it on a wall and never indulge in it, if you're doing it to wrap it up in plastic and put it on a shelf and you never examine it, Maybe you should examine why you bought it in the first place and your intentions behind purchasing it. Is it bringing you joy? If not, get rid of it, move on, and find something that does. Uh, that's going do to do it. To show off. Yeah. Yeah. To other people. Yeah. I'm okay, I'm Okay. okay sorry, my... I interrupted you. <laughs> all right, let's move on I'm to the performance, and, and let's t- no, not at all. Let's do a little uh, <laughs> COVID nineteen. Oh boy. All right. We're going to talk. Hold on, I'm going to throw up my little picture of the virus itself because uh, be just because <laughs> that's it. That's the, Oh, it's covering your face. Hold on. <laughs> oh no. This damn thing.
1: Wouldn't there. be the first time I had. <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So I had spoken to this a couple of weeks ago, trying to placate people's fears and saying, look, The influenza kills many more people every year and is as um, uh, easy to contract as this virus. Don't freak out. What I didn't have at the time was all of the information that they have now. Because this is a new virus, there are differences. So a lot of people are freaking out more than they need to. And a lot of people are not taking it as seriously as they should. So it is one of those third side perspectives that we have to examine when uh, speaking in context of this virus. So I wanna give you guys just some uh, brief information because there's a lot of misinformation out there and all the information that I'm getting is from the CDC or from the World Health Organization, the WHO. Uh, If you're getting it from a news person or a personality don't fucking listen to them. I don't care if they've written a book. I don't care if they've written had a blog. Go to the source for your information and don't listen to stupid fucking rumors. Um, the best way to prevent illness, according to the CDC, this specific illness, is to avoid being exposed to the virus. No duh. Uh, it spreads by close contact with individuals within six feet and through respiratory droplets produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. Um, you... You cannot avoid it by wearing gloves, and if you don't have it, you cannot avoid contracting it simply by wearing a face mask. If you do have it, then you can help prevent spreading it by wearing a face mask, but that's it. So you can stop buying face masks, stop buying up toilet paper, stop freaking out. That is not going to matter. So let's talk about some general statistics about the virus and contraction in and of itself, because I think that is really important. And again, this is a brand new virus. So we're only giving information that is up to date with what they know so far. So it is not 100% accurate. It will shift a little bit as time goes and understanding uh, about it through those who have contracted it and lived through it uh, will uh, reveal only about. 70-80% of people who contract the virus actually have effects, above and beyond maybe a minor cold. That's it. Um, 80% of people will not, um, I'm sorry, I said that fucking wrong. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Um, serious illness only occurs in 16% of the people. This is according to what we have learned from China, which was the originator of this virus as far as we know. Um, That means, uh, let's do some math (laughs) quickly. I don't know, 74% of people uh, will not have a hard time with this virus. If they realize they have it at all, it will be a minor thing. So only 16% of people who contract the virus are going to have a hard time with the virus. And then only from two, depending on when, and where to 6% of people will die from the virus. Now, it was uh, Iran that was claiming 6%, but the World Health Organization is saying that it's closer to 2.1 to 2.6, I think was the latest, um, or mortality rate between three to 4% is what the World Health Organization is claiming right now. Uh, 132,000 people have contra- uh, confirmed to have contracted the virus, and 4,900 people have died from the virus. What we need to understand is that contracting the virus does not mean you're going to die. Just like contracting the flu does not mean you're going to die. So going crazy about trying to prevent getting the virus is not healthy. We only survive as a species because we develop herd immunity from viruses. That's it. That's the reason why we exist. That's the reason why uh, World of Worlds was such a great book when it was written. Because aliens came down, were taking over the planet, and they didn't have our ancestors' immunity uh, to all of the viruses on this planet, and they died out. That's the glory of the human species, is that we were able to adapt so well. So you shouldn't go out of your way to be exposed by it, because there is a chance of serious illness and death. But don't freak out about being or having. It. And if you do have it, just quarantine yourself like you would if you had the flu. Stay healthy, drink fluids and clean your area. That's all you've got to do. Avoid contact with people if you know you're sick. Now, the problem with these numbers, and this is what the CDC is really warning against right now, is that because we don't have sufficient testing, uh, uh, um, well, sufficient sufficient tests available for people who believe they have the disease, the virus. Um, we don't actually know. So when you see numbers coming out of X amount confirmed to have the virus, that's only that's been tested. So in my uh, state of Utah, there are four cases. All that means is there's four confirmed cases. There are many more, and as more tests come in and more people are tested, that number blows up. And that's why in Iran and India, you see mass grave sites because people weren't quarantining themselves like the U.S. is now doing, um, as inconvenient as it can be and as problematic as I think it will be eventually uh, early. More people who didn't even realize they had it spread it to many others and then suddenly you had this fever pitch moment of 60 people having it confirmed and then 1200 people being confirmed within a period of a week and a half. This is a real problem and that's why it's a pandemic it spreads massively. Um, and so some of the symptoms that you need to be aware of because again. Don't freak out if you have a cold. Don't freak out if someone <clears throat> coughs next to you. It's not the end of the world. But if you are experiencing a fever, a cough, and shortness of breath, and really this is an infection of the lungs more than anything else. That's what people are dying from. Pneumonia-like symptoms. Um, that's when you should call your doctor or your local government's health Office. most people have websites now, most states have websites set up for this. And you can find out how you can be tested and uh, how either they come to you or you can go to them safely without infecting other people. That's when you should do it. If you are not experiencing anything, you should not be taking tests because again, they're limited. No matter what you hear our current president say, they are limited and they do not exist. Example A, um, two days ago, I'm sitting in my office and one of my co- uh, coworkers, told me that she just had dinner the Saturday before with someone who came back from Boston and they had a flu-like symptoms. They were just you know, being horrible. They found out that the person they were hanging out with in Boston had COVID-19. And so now they wanted to find out if they were feeling the way they were feeling, flu-like symptoms because of COVID. Their husband's a doctor and they couldn't get a test. There are none to be had. So you can't see if you have the virus And so how many people actually have it? Who fucking knows that we just don't have means right now. And again, we just had the president declare a state of national emergency. So that is going to be changing here in a few weeks. But again, a few weeks. Here's the worst part of it, I think. In China, uh, I believe they said it was, I'm looking for my notes and I'm not seeing it. Um, I just read the article today. It was like 60 or something like that people who had the virus were declared clear of the virus and then caught it again so this is something as like every virus it mutates (laughs) so we really have to consider let's not freak out keep level heads but consider what it actually means to expose yourself to others right so traditionally if you caught a disease or a virus and you became immune to it you didn't have to worry about it. You could help the sick and do like that. But if this is mutating and coming back to you, you can no longer help those who are now sick of something that you just fought through. You could actually connect it again. And so that, that's a really scary proposition. So what do you think about this sort of hysteria that has gripped the nation um, about this particular pandemic?
1: I think at least as Satanists, we need to be careful where our minds go with this. Yeah.
0: I have actually seen here and there,
1: you know, just sort of looking around because I do look for this kind of thing just to see who might be taking in the conspiracy theories. Okay. And obviously the conspiracy theory that this is to distract from the election or, um, you know, this is a government plant has been going around. Um, my view on that pragmatically is even if it is, a big government conspiracy and it's a distraction from the election it's here it's now it's something we have to deal with so aside from maybe getting drunk with your buddies and talking about the conspiracy theory Mm -hmm. it's pretty pointless to put a bunch of energy in it what you should be putting energy into is how do we get through this um i definitely feel like if you are somebody who takes any kind of medication um you know Uh, inhalers, diabetes, medication, anything that you need to survive, figure out where that comes from and try to get extra. Because one of the things that we need to understand is that this is just starting. We're not seeing the worst of it. We're not seeing this months into the future. Um, The biggest and scariest thing to me is the economic issues that are going to be happening soon, Mm -hmm. not necessarily getting sick and dying. Um, We're seeing people, you know, schools are closing. So we have single parents, we have poor parents, we have two working parents who now they have these children home that are unplanned. What are they going to do? Um, we're going to have a lot of people who are out sick, who are not making money because this country has not built an infrastructure to take care of people when they are sick. Mm-hmm. So now we have people losing money. We have rent payments that are going to get made, mortgage payments, car payments. It's going to have a big impact. Yeah. Um, we're going to be seeing shipment lines being disrupted especially in china where does most of our stuff come from yep china
0: most of our prescription <laughs> you know? drugs come from <laughs> I'm sorry china starting
1: the coronavirus <laughs> 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 um you know so we have to be really pragmatic and try to predict sort of what's going to happen not necessarily am i going to die but am I going to be able to go to the grocery store and get a certain food that I need or toilet paper, you know, like things are going to start getting disrupted. Um, the last time I checked, I think it doubles by the day, the infection. Um, so it is only going to get worse and it's only going to spread more because we, again, we do not have the infrastructure to say, Hey, minimum wage worker or worker working three jobs in order to support themselves you can stay home for a week and we'll pay, you know, we'll pay for you. Just don't infect anybody else. No, they're going to go to work until they drop dead. Yep. And you know, that's the country we're living in right now. You know, we also live in a country where the president up until very recently was like, ha ha, fake news. Yeah.
0: Until like three days ago. That, yeah.
1: yeah. And that infects the minds of other people who are like, oh, well the president says it's not a big deal. I don't feel good. I'm just going to go out and continue to go about my life. Yep. Um, I, I would definitely say start hoarding whatever medications you can see so if your doctor will give you extras, um, obviously with control some substances that's going to be really difficult.
0: Yeah.
1: Anticipate that you won't be able to get these things. Yeah. Um, if anything you have comes from China or even other countries, hmm. anticipate that it's not going to be able to come down the line. Um, Things like the toilet paper issue. Maybe you'll be able to get some in the future, but (laughs) I I can't believe I'm saying this, but buy it if you can find it, Yeah, you know, because you don't know when you're going to come across it again.
0: Yeah. I mean, we were talking about self-fulfilling cycles, I think before the show, but maybe at the beginning of the show where, um, honestly, it's a real, it's a real issue. Like earlier this week, I think it was Monday or Tuesday when I started seeing the photos of people hoarding toilet paper, I like texted my wife. How are we on toilet paper? (laughs) And then she was like, oh, wow, yeah, we're almost out. I better go get some. Went to Costco, there was none there. And so she went to a different store and there was some, you know, so we got some, but it's not like we have a month's supply of toilet paper hoarded up. I don't have a pyramid, a a leaning tower of toilet paper in my backyard. Um, and so it's going to become a problem. I was having my taxes finished this morning and I overheard another guy in a different cubicle getting their taxes done, talking about, I'm out, I don't know what to do. We don't have any, like I, and we're laughing and goofing as a culture right now about toilet paper, but to your point, that's the beginning. This very stupid and comical beginning, but that's the beginning. China has shut down factories their people have put on mandatory quarantine, whether you're sick or not. That means everything that's manufactured in China that is supposed to be here serving our population in the next two months is not gonna be there. So every single medication that you're ordering is going to be gone and not available. So if you have like heart condition medication that you have to take, if you have asthma medication that you have to take, I think I've already started very, stocking up on that. <laughs> yeah, this is a very good idea to order as much as you're capable of. And I know there's companies like CVS who said we will um, uh, uh, allow over ordering of most medications because we understand that this is an, a coming problem. And it is a coming problem that we will have to face. But again, to your point, that's just the next step. Because as soon as people are not able to get their medications to live, they die. There's no infrastructure to take care of them. Our entire economy is based on imports practically. All of the, the majority of everything that we produce in this country is exported. It's not bought locally because it's not available. It's not even an option. Um, Our entire economy is based on this incredibly strange corporate socialist structure that has nothing to do with the population and has only to do with corporate entities and their profits. And again, if everything is working as intended, then we as a population don't suffer. But when it stops working, we are going to suffer. So this virus, the virus itself, is not the biggest problem. It's going to get a lot worse. And I'm not trying to like freak people out or say the sky is falling because it's not. And we'll work through it. We always work through everything as a population. Um, But we're probably going to be working through it with three to four percent less of the population that gets infected with this virus. And that's why when you have situations of uh, like my state, for example, did a mandatory soft uh, close of all schools and many companies are saying, if you're capable of working from home, we're going to let you work from home. But then there's others who now are forced to make a choice. Do I work one of my, or two of my part-time jobs in order to survive? Or do I have someone watching my child who used to be watched when they were in school? Um, you're forced to make decisions that you never had to consider before because the state, because this pandemic took the choice out of your hands. And so as soon as businesses start closing because they can't Uh, have employees working anymore because either they're sick or their kids are not being watched then you as an individual are not going to be able to have access to all of the services in this society that you expected to have access to and that's going to reverberate through healthcare industries and grocery stores and food service it's going to grow and so we as Satanists and this is going to bleed into our next topic here have to be pragmatists i've run into too many of my friends and too many people that i respect who just flippantly wave the hand people are just freaking out this is nothing this is the flu well the flu has a 0.1 percent mortality rate this is a three to four percent mortality rate that is huge on a global scale so you can just flippantly say you don't care that's fine and You may get lucky and not contract this virus and you may contract the virus and not die from it but millions of people worldwide will before it's over and it's not a seasonal thing and it's not going to stop seasonally and so as satanists as pragmatists we have to be honest with the situations we find ourselves in and deal with reality on reality's terms and in this particular case it means to your point and this is going to bleed into our next discussion of preparation and survival in a pandemic you're going to have to stock up on certain essentials and you're going to have to start making plans for worst case scenarios. That doesn't mean freaking out. It doesn't mean losing your mind and, you know, telling your friends you're going to go live in a bunker. Go on as life as normal as much as you can, but be a fucking adult and plan ahead. That's it. That's how survival is. It- that's how you can survive in a world. Um, so we have had a conversation about preppers in the past. And, and this is primarily why I wanted to have you on. Other than the fact that I hadn't seen you in a while and talked to you in a while. <laughs> you know, this is Aww, my indulgence shucks. getting to chat with an old friend. <laughs> um, uh, but to that point, uh, you already mentioned suggestions of stocking up on medications if you need them. What other things can you suggest um, that people do in order to survive a pandemic, do you think?
1: I would definitely say certain medications like fever reducers, Tylenol, um, things like that's, that's part of the preppers, you know, stock, which would be like, you know, fish tank antibiotics, get a good, um, first aid kit together don't go to Walmart and buy like a $20 like this is my first aid kit with some band-aids and you know no like get big bandages get varying sizes get a lot of antibacterial to watch get get everything you need because another thing that we're going to start seeing is a run on hospitals right. we're going to see overtired doctors we're going to see doctors and nurses getting sick we're going to see probably some of them being like you know what I'm I, I can't do this anymore. I've got to walk away. I have a family that I have to take care of mm-hmm. So if you end up with a serious infection or something like that because you're not treating it well at home You've become a burden again on the medical system. You're also putting yourself at risk You're putting your family at risk entering any of those medical facilities so it's good to be able to treat yourself at home and treat yourself properly um, obviously, if you're seriously injured, go to the hospital. But you know, for certain things, especially if you have, you know, compromises to your immune system, mm-hmm. you need to be able to take care of of at least superficial wounds at home. Mm-hmm. Um, stock up on pet food. I cannot say that enough. Pet food is very important. <laughs> yeah. Kitty litter, if you have cats. Gasoline is another good thing. It's make sure you store it properly, right. but. That will probably be another thing that ends up happening. If we, I mean, the prices are dropping. Mm-hmm. That probably won't last if we start seeing um, shipments, even within the U.S., yeah. shipments being disrupted. Because again, truckers get sick. Mm-hmm. You know, people that process this stuff get sick.
0: And as it's, airlines close, the yes. roads get more congested.
1: Yep, and we're going to start seeing certain things, even within the U.S., shipping disrupted.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so don't always count on Amazon at this point. Um, MREs are always a good thing to have, yeah. just in case, because mm. you never know when you're, you've are you gone past what you have in your house, now what are you going to eat? Mm. Um, <laughs> definitely water, water for purification, and have just another source of heat in your house if you can, something yeah. that doesn't rely on electric, and make yeah. sure you don't kill yourself, like a kerosene heater, yeah. or something that... <laughs> You know, we're we're at the tail end of winter, but some of us, like up on the East Coast, we're still a little cold. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Colorado's still a little cold. You know, sure, yeah. up anywhere near Canada. Um, so definitely prepare for these things. Think mm-hmm. about what would happen if, you, you know, what happens if your block is shut down. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily because people are dying in the streets, but because people are panicking. Mm-hmm. You know, consider like what your neighbor might do if you know we've cuz cuz in the United States we're not used to being told oh you can't go out and do this oh you have to stay in your neighborhood you're yep. not allowed to go run yep. around and do what you need to do and for a lot of people that's going to cause a panic mm-hmm. so they're going to say wait what do you mean i can't go over to my parents house across town right now and a pragmatic person would say okay well i understand it's a quarantine i need to have a special permission you get these people that are very gung-ho about all the, you you can't tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, they've got their guns and they're panicking. I mean, that's a worst case scenario thing, but with people also being, you know, being fed these ideas that this is a government conspiracy or, you know, well, the president says that it's not a big deal, you know, you know, You've really got to consider human nature in this sort of thing. Yeah. And who's to say your neighbor isn't going to want to come over and steal the gasoline you've got in your shed or, you know, notice when you're not home and come in and take your food out of your house. So there's a lot of different things that you need to do to just prepare just in case, because as I said, like this is just beginning.
0: Yeah,
1: We don't know how far this is going to go. We don't know how much this is going to mutate. We don't know, um, you know, especially where you said you can get reinfected. So we don't know if people are going to get this four five, six times, especially mm-hmm. healthcare workers.
0: Yeah. To and- be clear, th- this because it's so new, reinfection rate is very infinitely small, but it has been reported. And so that's why I wanted to bring it up. I don't want people to think that it's a normal thing because it's it doesn't seem to be. But it did happen. So I just want to make sure that's clear
1: and I think that's the thing that's more dangerous with this than the flu is because we know about the flu. Right. We have predictors for the flu. We do have a vaccine, even if it's not 100%. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything about this, you know, well, we, some things, but not enough. Right. And, you know, um, there's actually a really good show. Um, Magister E. Graham posted. I just want to give her credit for that. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a Joe Rogan podcast, which, The guy's a douche and he's (laughs) really not the brightest. He's not the brightest, but he interviews, um, I gotta get the guy's last name right, Mike Osterholm. Mm -hmm. And he is essentially a professional in all of these. So I would suggest really Googling that and listening to him. Um, thankfully Joe doesn't talk a lot during (laughs) during the episode, but he gives you a lot of pragmatic, intelligent (laughs) intelligent advice out you know it's definitely one that i would recommend listening to because yeah. he's he's a professional he knows what he's talking about
0: Yeah, it is a good one and i actually watched um some clips from real time with bill maher this morning and there was uh someone he was in uh interviewing that was just feeding total misinformation saying that um you couldn't get it unless you touched um, uh, contaminated surfaces, ignoring the fact that, no, this is spread through the air. This is spread mm-hmm. through breathing. Yep. And and you have to understand that that is the reality of this. You, you will get infected simply by being around someone who coughs or sneezes or breathes that is infected because that is real. We have to understand reality here. Um, stop pretending it's something that's not. Um, I want to, I want to address a couple of the comments in here because I think these are really interesting and, uh, worthwhile for the conversation. Uh, peanut butter toast. You had said something and I'm trying to find it here. I think it was you anyway. Someone said, uh, I'm I'm not going to find the exact quote. What if we just let the virus run its course? Who was it? Um, sorry guys. I should have, I should have flagged it when I saw it. Um, well, it was this idea of just letting the virus run its course. Well, here's the problem with letting the virus run, uh, like letting people get infected and becoming immune to it. Yes, you will develop mass... Um, uh, oh, what is it called? Um, mass immunity. Um, but this particular virus mutates, as we just discovered today, based off an article from... Uh, uh, there was a report uh, about China. Um, and if you just move on and live life as normal, and 3-4% to 4% of the population is infected and dies, imagine the impact to the economy, your local community, and the business structure that you rely on to live. Sanitation, electricity, gas. That all goes the way of the dodo. If 4% of human population dies, In Mm months, that is huge i don't think we understand the reality behind that the majority of this population doesn't do anything i don't know if you guys understand that most people (laughs) me for example i'm in advertising i don't do anything to contribute to society if i die not a big problem you know adam is gone and the world moves on if a garbage collector dies you start to have a problem If mail, UPS, FedEx uh, 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 people die, you don't get communication. If your internet Ah. providers die, you don't have internet. You have to have people checking on these systems to maintain uh, connections. If those fall out and there's no one there to support them, you no longer have communication. Our grid in and of itself is based on human interaction. If you no longer have that, with the systems in place that, that run, this system shuts down. So we can't just say, let's move on with life as normal because it's such a high mortality rate. That's why we have to be a little bit more pragmatic and understand without freaking out, don't freak out people, without hoarding shoes <laughs> toilet paper, um, just plan a little bit. Um, Dog had said in the chat room to plant. We are in a very fortunate position Uh, in America right now in that we're moving into spring and we're getting very close to when you would normally plant your garden anyway in my particular state it's around Mother's Day which is coming up um, here in a little bit so I think any way of gardening not only just as a human being and and, and experience as an animal with its environment is really important in this particular context I was planning on forgoing my garden for a season I'm not going to do that anymore I'm going to plant because I don't know if I'm going to have to get my vegetables from my garden rather than my grocery store. Um, that's a real consideration. I was not going to be making wine and beer this year, but now I'm definitely going to because I don't know if I'm gonna to have to barter for it in a few months. Like there's there's real things that I'm starting to consider that I never had before. I just had a chimney sweep come in, and to your point, um, just a second ago, and had them check out my wood-burning stove, which I haven't used, in maybe a decade, but now I'm really considering if the power grid goes out, I need to be able to have heat and I need to be able to heat up water to uh, purify it. That's what even it's for. Um, even
1: on a good day, that infrastructure is very weak. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's i mean we've seen it we saw it with the new york blackouts and things like that I
0: california mean, shuts it down too yeah so it's a real yeah problem. yeah
1: it's it, it's these are things that we really have to think about and really consider because unfortunately as much as you want to sit there and say well might is right and you know act like you're a badass when it comes down to it we are all connected unless mm. you can pack up and go move out into the woods and survive on your own without help from anybody else you need other people sorry that's true <laughs> you know that's just so way it is and i you know even someone like me who spent my entire life you know outside camping i would struggle Mm -hmm. to not rely on other human beings to survive so it's definitely something that you need to consider because you 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 know There's, there's an arrogance, I think, to this idea of, well, I'm doing okay. So everybody else, if if something happens to them, well, it doesn't matter because I'm doing okay. And I Mm know you are very much a victim to the rest of the the rest of the collective herd going on. You are part of it as much as you want to say you're not. And it's, you know, it's, it's nice to play lip service to Mm -hmm. that, you know, badassery and oh, well, nature sorts things out. Well, guess what, buddy? You might be what nature sorts out. <laughs> you know, you might be the weak link because yeah. <laughs> you didn't prepare.
0: You could be the three to four percent for sure. Yeah, um, I, I want to bring this uh, up again because I took the comment out of context. I still think it was a worthwhile conversation to be had based on that out of context reference. But Zachary is clarifying, saying that um, um, proposing if we let the virus go through and take the two to six percent of the population then we could save more lives from an inevitable resource constriction, question mark. Um, that's only if that 2 to 6% is not part of that resource chain, um, because if they're producing the resources, then they're not there to produce it. If they're transporting the resources, they're not there to transport it. Uh, so it, it, we do have to take a, a larger global view of this because we're a global society for better or worse, and we, we can't just take this, mm, I'm, I'm going to echo what you were saying just now, um, an infantile satanic perspective that we hear people say a lot, I which like is uh, might is right. Well, guess what? Might is right. But might is not always physical activity. Might is fucking survival. That's planning ahead. That's not pretending like you're going to be the greatest uh, Conan the Barbarian in the wilderness. No, that means I'm a mortal animal that can fucking die. I'm going to plan and I'm going to prepare. I'm not going to freak out, but I'm going to get educated based on intelligence from those who know CDC, WHO, and plan accordingly. Looking down the line, because again, this is what Satanism is all about, people. And We have to understand this. It's about you your survival, your success, your real world accomplishment. You can't do that if you're dead. So you have to try to extend that life as long as possible. That's why we love and celebrate life so much. That's why we indulge so much, because it is finite and it can end. And we are facing something that's going to end it shorter. So we need to fight back as best we can. So think about infrastructure, I would suggest. I love dog suggestion. If you can grow a garden or if you can grow any produce, Try to grow Absolutely. it this year. This is a great time to do it. If you, ha- can, if you have the space for animals, chickens, I've got eight of them on my backyard. They produce eggs already and they are a fantastic source of protein and it is a way to survive um, as long as you can feed them. So, you know, again, you mentioned it earlier, uh, get animal food. Uh, make sure you have water. Water is huge. You can live without heat if you have blankets and body heat from, you know, loved ones or family members. But if you don't have water... You're going to die. Now, I yep. I am told our local area has an abundance of water in my county and everything, but I know I live in a desert. <laughs> I'm a realist. <laughs> I, so I'm going to get water purifiers. I'm going to make sure that I can find some source of water if I have to buy some extra. I'm not going to go crazy and stock up overly, but I'm going to buy extra water and make sure that I have it available. It, you know, because... If you need to poop and you don't have somewhere to poop, it becomes a problem. You use water to flush poop down into a system. We got to remember stupid stuff like that. You have to have water to survive. You have to remember things like that. And it's got to be clean. So thinking about those, those, those core things, food, heat, water, and then extrapolate out from that. If you have a medical condition, think about prescriptions. And again, don't go crazy like those idiots with toilet paper, but be responsible. This could last a few months. It could last a few years. And you have to understand, you don't have to stock up for a few years, but you have to plan for that potential. And I loved how you mentioned, you don't know how your neighbor's going to react. Nope. If anything, we have learned that human beings are fucking dumb and they will buy things that have no <laughs> relation to the <laughs> disease they're experiencing, i.e. toilet paper. What happens when you can't get meat? Anymore, what happens yep. when you can't get McDonald's anymore? How many people are gonna lose their fucking mind? Coffee. We saw what happened when Popeye's <laughs> chicken couldn't create chicken oh, sandwiches. <laughs> for fuck's sake, this is our society that we have built, so we have to plan. I, I purchased my first firearm for my home today, only because wow. what ifs. I don't plan on using it, except for at the firing range, like I go with my son. Normally we rent firearms when we go to the firing range, but now we can bring our own. But this is the first time I've ever even considered it, because people are acting insane. And I need to know that if someone comes in my house looking for whatever, that I'm able to defend my family. I'm not going to go crazy and go steal and rob and fucking pilfer, because that's not the society we live in, and that's not a fucking good way to live but shit can hit the fan, and if it can, then maybe it will. Not to say it will, but maybe. So, yep. plan for the worst, prepare for the best, be reasonable, don't be fucking crazy. I'm still visiting <laughs> friends, I'm still shaking people's hands, I'm just, okay, so let's talk about prevention, really quick, um, we've, we've, we've talked about pretty much everything I wanna talk about in this segment anyway, but um, most important, um, The only two things that you can do to prevent contracting this virus, there are only two, and that is clean your hands often and avoid close contact. That's it. That's the only thing that you can do to prevent contracting this disease because you can have carriers that are not experiencing symptoms and you can still contract it. Um, So until 50% of our population is infected and we develop a herd immunity from spreading it assuming it won't continue to mutate then we'll be in a better position but we're not there yet and so i don't like that my kids schools were taken out but i understand it because it's preventing a worse problem that could happen in the future that we have witnessed in multiple countries over in europe and asia This is not a fake situation. This is real. And people are really dying. And if we are going to be responsible, we have to plan accordingly. So do your best, people. Don't be assholes. You are number one, first and foremost. Plan for your safety however you feel best to do that. But if you can do it without being an asshole, all the better. (laughs) I I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say before we close this out? Um, I would definitely consider too that one of the things
1: that's going to be run on is um, healthcare and most of us, you know, like me, I'm 40. I have um, parents who are elderly. Uh, My mother just got over a bout of cancer. So there's specifically, um, you know, I'm, I'm worried about them. Um, we have to pragmatically also think that nobody else, especially when the hospitals become crowded and things like that, nobody else is going to care about your parents. Nobody is going to care about your elderly friends or your sick friends. Sure. Prepare for everybody. Prepare for the worst. Prepare for understanding that, okay, well, now you're in this situation where, hey, might is right, buddy. <laughs> you know, so your your parents, your grandparents, whoever you have in your fa- in your life that might be susceptible, they might get denied health care. They might get denied, you know, they might, you know, someone might say, well, this person is not worth saving as opposed to a bunch of these other younger people. Keep these things in mind. Mm-hmm. So all of these things that we've been saying for years where it's, it's you and you're number one, or, you know, you have to take care of your own first and the world doesn't care about you. We're about to see sort of at least a little bit where that's true. Yeah. You know, the world does not care about you for the most part. Yeah. Um, You're not special,
0: no matter how many likes you got in that picture. (laughs) No one fucking cares. Yeah. That's the worst part of it. Or maybe the best. I don't know. It depends on you. But um, yeah, if if you ever run across a Satanist who is just like, who cares? Less population means better for me. They're so fucking dumb because they don't consider (laughs) the reality that they could be that three to four percent. Just because you see yourself as the highest embodiment of human life does not mean you are. No, the virus doesn't care. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Your crazy neighbor
1: with the gun doesn't care. Exactly.
0: exactly. (laughs) All right, let's uh, let's move into a little bit more fun uh, situation with a little bit of creature feature and chaos. All right, I apologize. We are running over, and I don't mean to, so I do apologize about that. But I kind of figured we would with this. I want to. Um, this feed may get shut down um, temporarily because I'm going to be playing copyrighted material. The reality is, is I am allowed legally to play this if we are discussing it, if we are providing commentary on it. And I will win that combat, as I have in the past with every single one of my videos. So, just know, if the feed cuts out, I have an audio podcast that you can get the day later, or just wait a day and you'll get the rest of this show um, after I've won the copyright uh, infringement (coughs) battle. So, I had to put that out there just in case. Um, Caius, this band, man, do you like, have you ever heard Caius? Are you familiar?
1: I've heard the name before, but I cannot place it. I was married to a music journalist for years. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so, Caius was originally known as Katsujima uh, from 1987 to 1989. Uh, it, it's and also as Sons of Caius from 1989 to 1991. The Sons of Caius, Caius is a reference from a Dungeons and Dragons monster from the Fiendfort fiend folio back in the day. This is old school stuff. And so you already know that this is just sort of like a a stoner type band. Uh, They originated out of Palm Desert, California. It is a stoner rock or heavy metal. I call it desert rock um, or or, or psychedelic rock. Um, They were a band, an entity from 1987 to 1996. The primary members are Josh Home who was guitar you guys know him now is from queens of the stone age um john garcia was the vocals chris cockerel was originally the bass he was replaced by nick oliveri in 1990 and then later from scott reader in 1992 and then brent Bjork in drums who was replaced uh, by alfredo hernandez in 1994. they had four album releases, Wretch in 1991, Blues from the Red Sun in 1992, Welcome to Sky Valley in 1994, and and The Circus Release Town in 1995. I was first introduced to this band when I was driving literally to a ghetto with one of my old school friends who always used to introduce me to old school uh, metal and rock bands. And he put it in, and it was the middle of the night. We were high, and we were drinking, and we were just going to literally a ghetto in just this trashy part of Midvale, Utah, which, if you know, is just garbage hole, Utah. And this came on, and it blew my fucking mind. I'm hoping you guys can hear this. I actually don't know if you can, so in the chat room, let me know if you can hear it. Um, it is just rhythmic pulsing guitars and drums and just like soul fucking rock and roll. It is great. And John Garcia's vocals as he comes out piercing with his shrieks and his cries, it is so amazing. It's not heavy metal, death metal, crash. It's just old fashioned it's like a preliminary to grunge almost. But it is just stoner music. And I absolutely fucking love this. Let's just sit here for one second, please. Sorry, I can't hear this. <laughs> That's not really fair. That was a good I think Welcome to Sky Valley is probably my favorite album, um, but it's for their uh, more kind of Christian charity, probably my second. I, <laughs> I love this, solely because of where I live. And it could, again, it could be one of those kind of albums, like, where when you listen to certain music, it takes you back to the brain, it takes you back to your brain, we were this crazy, crazy bronco of his It was just a sort of garbage pile. We were both smoking this time. So we were hotboxing the, the cabin of this Bronco as we were going through just fucking rocking out. We were just these two white, skinny, dorky rockers that just thought we were the fucking baddest people on the planet. You know, I had fucking hair down to my shoulder blades just thinking I was bad, wearing fucking leather. Biker leather in the middle of fucking summer. Guess I Hey, I've been there with the trench coat before, so I don't judge. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I okay, I want to play one more song and then I'll stop. This is called, uh, the first one was Gardenia. This is Demon Cleaner. And then we'll just, you know, move on. Um, Home, the guitarist, Josh Holm, would later go on to found Queens of the Stone Age with other Caius alums, actually. So what you're seeing with Queens of the Stone Age is Caius' ball, which I always thought was very interesting, because it's a very different sound, though so you can still pick up on some of those riffs, uh, some of that guitar, again, because of Josh, but you get a very solid tone of what Caius would be if they continued together and evolved together. Um, Queens of the Stone Age, wonderfully, the name, uh, is what one of their managers called Caius. They said, you can't be Queens of the Stone Age, because they're a bunch of stoners playing rock and roll, uh, because you're not the Kings, you're just a bunch of Queens, not as in like homosexual Queens, but just as in, you know, you can't be the King because you're not on the top, but the Queens can still rule the scene. So they were the Queens of the Stone Age. So that, that later band would come out of Caius not just in members but also in spirit. And in fact, the Queen's of the Stone Age first debut album was a Caius slash Queen of the Stone Age uh, EP that was released. That was some of their highest unreleased tracks in the studio and then some of the, uh, of the Stone Age first album of music. Uh, it, so again, you have to understand that if this is, if you like Queen of the Stone Age and you like, it, like I do, love to go back to the origin of music, where it came from, understand that's going to lead you into light and hot, it's going to lead you into you know, you know, you know, uh, uh, muddy waters, you're going to go to these old blues places. You can hear that in kind of stuff like this. There's a heavy grip in this sort of stone rock, the desert rock vibe, psychedelic kind of thing i So, um, this one is called Demon Cleaner. Band is I'm turn it off now. I highly recommend you guys check it out. It's one of those bands that I go back to often because they have more atmospheric music than lyrical music, and I like to just kind of listen and you know, sort of devolve into whatever madness my mind happens to be in the middle of in the moment. Um, maybe I did too many drugs as a kid. I don't know. <laughs> Do you find yourself doing that with music, just sort of turning it on and tuning out? Oh, God, there's certain bands. The Cure definitely
1: takes me right oh, back yeah. to smoky Goth Clubs, <laughs> Depeche Mode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Typo Negative, definitely my favorite band ever. I've actually stopped like listening to it as much because I've noticed that over the years, I've actually gotten burnt out on certain songs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the old school Black Sabbath, It's like, mm-hmm. I, or like the old Aerosmith. I listen to it, I'm just like, ugh, I can't... You know, because I've been listening to it since I was like seven, yeah. <laughs> and it's the same recording typically. So after a while, you're just like, "Oh, I gotta turn this off." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I don't ever want that ha- to happen to Typo Negative." <laughs> yeah. Now that there's no more Typo Negative, and I'm just like, "Oh god, I can't listen to this all the time." Now. I didn't.
0: I didn't. But, like, I only heard like their popular MTV track that they had like a music video for. I think I, I never really got into them. How many studio recordings did they have? Like, how many albums uh, did they produce?
1: I mean, just the bass ones, let's see, they got one... Well, I mean, was
0: there was like another Apple.
1: band, too, that was a little bit harder. I'm trying to think of, like, just typo-negative. I should know this, too, which is really sad. <laughs>
0: um, but it is one of those bands that became very popular in this kind yeah. sort of country well, scene. Had,
1: they had Origin of the Feces, which is a bit harder. So, I mean, if you're into, like, harder metal, that's sort of up yours, you know, more up your alley. But then they got really melodic, so they had right. um, uh, Bloody Kisses.
0: October That's Rust, amazing. I
1: think, was the best album, um, and then there was uh, World Coming Down. Um, I cannot believe that I'm struggling to mm-hmm. like remember typo negative <laughs> albums. I somebody should drag me out into the street and shoot me.
0: <laughs> but it if went you got from, some teepee, we may have to consider yeah. it.
1: <laughs> but um, it, went, it went from very um, you know heavy to very melodic and beautiful. Mm and gothy um just really beautiful but also self-effacing um you know he made fun of a lot of the goth, the goth culture you yeah. know like black number one which is yeah. something that really appealed to me because i was like wow this is totally tongue-in-cheek i love it um and you can't beat the playgirl spread <laughs> that peter did Yeah, still have that somewhere
0: <laughs> <laughs> so i think that yeah, stuff is great um amazing wh- band all of the the goths that i knew were really into like Sisters of Mercy, Bauhaus, stuff like that. Certainly Bowie. Um, The Cure was huge. Uh, They loved Typo Negative because it was new to the scene from what they were used to uh, back in the 90s. Um, But I mean, wasn't Typo Negative like he came from an old hard like a metal scene, didn't he?
1: Yeah. Like um, the lead singer? Carnivore. Oh, there's something else that i can't remember yeah, so we need robert luthold into the in the yeah. audience <laughs> yeah. where are you robert what the hell yeah yeah he um it was he had a much harder background yeah but he had a beautiful voice yeah. and um and he had a great I can tell you man if uh, it, it, just listening to him sing is just like uh, <laughs> you know like <laughs> like, his, like you know type one negative albums are literally like the best sex albums um, they're just very melodic, very sensual.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I fucking love that. I'm still, like, I still listen to The Doors, "The End." Oh, during sex, because I think that is a great sex song. <laughs> it's not too long. Just, just to wrap up the beginning of the show where you were. <laughs> yeah, I wish I sold that better as an orgasm, and not like I wanted it to be like a weird twist at the end. You're like, is he talking about his kids? He doesn't like one kid over the other. And then you realize I'm talking about my orgasms. But there wasn't a clear enough distinction. So that it, it seemed like I finished. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. I got to think ahead. Okay. Um, uh, right, well, that's Caius, everyone. And Typo Negative. Check them out. It's good for you. And have sex. Because that's good, too. Definitely. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> that's going to do it for this show. Thank you all so much. And thank you, Shannon's, for joining me. I really do appreciate it anytime. It's so great seeing you. It's been too long. It's been such a <laughs> long time. Man. Hey, I'll do it anytime. Hell yeah. All right. Well, all of you joining uh, us live, thank you guys so much for your interaction and your attention and your collaboration, cooperation in the chat room. I appreciate it and I'm sure everyone else in the chat room appreciates it. If you're watching this after the fact, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate your time and attention. You can always subscribe to the show uh, follow, uh, sign up to the email list if you want to find out when I'm going to be having another conversation on the show but I am trying to do these nine cent shows weekly again now so look forward to that in the coming future um, if uh, you want to support the show subscribe like the video share it I don't know whatever you do and if you want to listen to it in the audio form there it's available just in whatever audio podcast platform you use search Reverend Campbell and I should come up um, it's like the last 200 plus shows, and then you can get all of them in archive feeds on my website, reverendcampbell.com. And of course, if you want to learn more about Satanism or the Church of Satan, check out the Satanic Bible. Check out churchofsatan.com. And don't freak out. <laughs> Stop <laughs> buying toilet paper if you don't need it. Until you
1: until you run out of toilet paper.
0: Yeah, and then go buy it. But not all of it. <laughs> Just. <me. laughs> all right. Thank you again, and until next time, everyone. Hail Satan. <laughs>